Welcome to Catch the Fire's Family Life Podcast. We are a family that encounters God's transforming presence and extends the kingdom. Each week we get into what God is doing among us, what He is saying through His Word, and why we should be excited about where He's leading us. For more information about Catch the Fire and giving to support this ministry, check out our website and our church suite app. It's um, it's the it's the weirdness of to to the naked eye or anyone else's eye, my hair does not look even remotely long. But for me, I feel like I've got a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's the it's the the challenges that the the uh, bald man faces that nobody else realizes. Nobody else knows how hard we've got it. Exactly, and no one understands how cold it is in the winter. Absolutely, absolutely. Or um, how crispy it gets in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, it does help if I go to a Nando's and I have the hot sauces because I can do a very quick once-over wipe of the dome um, when I get sweaty, and that that works beautifully. That's gross. Anyway, um, I have actually pressed record, so this is <laughs> this is one of those moments where I'm really leaving it up to Anton or Tanya to decide at what point they start the recording. <laughs> so we will say an official hello and welcome to the Family Life Podcast and welcome to Robert Cates. Hi, nice to be with yeah. you. It's really good to be with you. Now we're doing this on video, obviously. Um, this is just coming out as an audio, but um, prior to starting the recording, I was giving Rob some stick about doing his recording in front of a, a mountain of books, which I know he's probably all read twice. Whereas the only thing I've got out of shot is a tube of Pringles. Um, well, you know, we can pray for you at the end of this. Thank you. Thank you. I do have some books. I've got a couple of books on the side here. I just, I read all of them. You know, I do love books. I absolutely love books, which is actually a testimony because when I was, well, I suppose on paper, I still am dyslexic, but I, I was, I really struggled at school with reading and writing and spelling. And so the fact that I am now surrounded by books and I got given for Chris, between Christmas and the end of January, I was given 15 books. Wow. Come on. Yeah, so it was like someone went through my wish list on Amazon and just like ordered me a shed load of books. And um, so, yeah, it's just been, um, it's a testimony of the goodness of God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of the goodness of God, I can hear our doorbell ringing, um, which is probably our next Amazon delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that my wife is not on a phone call. Um, you also hear Steve walking around. He is he is up and about. So yeah, let's just see. Hopefully, my wife can handle it. This is this is live. This is real life happening right now on, on, yeah. online. Um, well, Rob, why don't um, why don't you? Um, oh, do you know what? I think sorry. This is a little, little bit of family life. I think it's actually Dan Davison who dropped off some shopping for me and Abby earlier because we weren't. I wasn't feeling well last week, so we are self isolating. And we asked if he could get some of those little vitamin things that you put in the water, the tablets, the fizz and whatever. And he said he didn't think he could find some, but he'd go out and have another look. And I think that's, that's good old Dan Davison right now. That's fantastic. What a legend. Well, um, Rob, what, for those who don't know, you don't know what your, uh, both your role is in the local church and also um, in the wider body of Christ. Can you sort of introduce yourself and just share a little bit about kind of who you are and, and what it is that you do in the kingdom of God? Yeah, what is it that I do? Or who is it that I am in the kingdom of God? Maybe we'll come on to that question in a minute. No, no, no. Let's just focus on what you do. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I um, what do I do? In the local church in Catch the Fire, London, um, I lead the prophetic team, the prophetic ministry um, in our local church, which I absolutely love. They are a tremendous bunch. I think we've got around 25 to 30 now on the team mm. um, who are all phenomenal human beings, and we love them very, very much. Um, so we meet with them monthly to do training, um and they're really committed to that and then we also prophesy over people at revelation station once a month mm. various other things so that's what i do locally then more widely within catch the fire i am one of the catch the fire world prophets so there's about 12 to 14 of us on that team led by lindley allen other people on that that people might recognize are uh, would be Patricia Bootsma would be one, Shara Chalmers would be another. So there's a there's an amazing group of prophets there. And then I also lead the level one uh, prophetic voices group within Catch the Fire World. And that's um, people who in the local Catch the Fire churches around the world have been recognized by their senior pastors in their local churches as someone with a prophetic anointing and who they want to be raised up to lead their prophetic team so i lead that level one group um patricia leads the level two group and then like i said lindley leads the whole thing with the prophets and the level three group and then again more widely i'm part of the british Isles council of prophets and also the european prophetic summit so that's something that i do outside of catch the fire and I also travel itinerantly, um, uh, prophesying, leading worship, speaking, doing all that kind of thing, as well as leading worship in our local church. So what it sounds to me is that you, you have quite a casual approach to life and you don't actually tend to fill, fill your days with much. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I just kind of get up in the morning, drink hot chocolate for most of the day and then do <laughs> prophetic words. Uh, and that's, that's yeah, my life. I see a waterfall, I see a waterfall, I see a waterfall. exactly yeah my life is uh i i don't like using the word busy because i think that provokes us into a sense of hurriedness and out of Mm. controlness um i say my life is full god fills my life with goodness um and it's the grace of god that i get to do what i do um and uh, you know wonderful tom Allsop says that um when we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to something else. And so for Mm -hmm. me over the last few years, it's been a process of learning how to say yes to what God has called me to and no to saying uh, to other things that may be good, but are not the best for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my life is full, but it is becoming more streamlined, which is really an amazing thing. I, I really like the way that you, 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 you put that. And I think even, even though we haven't got on to talking about coronavirus and self-isolation and everything, I think already what you're saying is, is going to be speaking to people who are, who are managing through that. Um, I'm not shock horror to anybody who knows me. I'm not primarily identified as a prophet. Um, it's not, it's not <laughs> my gifting. Um, so I sort of um, probably, I know, I know we all, will look at someone else operating their gifting and often sort of um, think about the most challenging aspects of it. Were we in that scenario? So I remember, um, you know, I'm sure you had this as a, as a teacher um, back in the day. Um, people used to say, Oh, I could never be a teacher of like kids in school. I can't imagine that it would just, you know, blow my mind. And I would say things like, well, I can never imagine being a 
a nurse you know how could you do that day by day and i think we often think about the the most challenging aspects that we wouldn't necessarily enjoy so i'm kind of caveating my question here a little bit but with all of the different prophetic ministries and streams that you're involved in how do you how do you find that the multiple levels of overlap of a word here about this and a word there about that? And uh, I see the Lord is really doing something about calling the nations to repentance from this guy. And then from that lady, I really feel that this, the Lord is saying to the planet right now, it's a time of rest. And like just every meeting you're in could be a different sort of Easter egg of, of, uh, of prophetic stuff. So how do you manage that? Yeah, it's it's a really great question. Can I come at it from a slightly left field angle and, and answer it in a roundabout kind of way? I think we have to recognize what the metron is that we've been called to. So we have to recognize what our sphere of influence is and the mandate that God has placed on our life. So we see in the New Testament that it says all may prophesy. And so for every believer in the body of Christ, there is the opportunity to walk in a measure of the gift of prophecy. And so all of us can hear the Lord for ourselves. That is uh, uh, the sheep hear my voice, you know, John 10. Mm -hmm. That's intimacy with God. That's not the gift of prophecy. And then at the same time, there is this ability that God has given us through the gifts of the spirit to be able to hear his voice for another person. That's the gift in operation. Then other people God calls to a slightly different function in the body, and that's the, the ministry of the prophetic. And that's using the gift, but that's using the gift on a more regular basis and with a bigger mandate. Mm-hmm. Then there are those, and that could be just local church or it could be wider than the local church, but that's the ministry of the prophetic. And then there are those that God calls to the office of the prophet, and that is an, an entirely different function. And so in Ephesians 4, what we see about the offices, uh, the fivefold, or depending on your theology, the fourfold ministries, the ascension mantles, as they're sometimes called, is that those are for the equipping and training of the body uh, until we all become uh, one in the unity, the fullness of Christ. And so there is an apostolic grace on all of those five offices. uh, And the mandate is to build and release and equip uh, the body. And so that means for a prophet, that would mean raising up other people into the prophetic gifts and seeing those released in the ministry. But it also has a function of speaking prophetic words that are not within the remit of the gift of prophecy, which is encouragement, edification and exhortation. So that would be things such as um, words to leaders, to movements, to businesses, whatever. But that would be words of correction, direction, warning, building words for those organizations, but also tearing down words, warning words that that give the heads up of something the enemy might want to do in order for people to be prepared. But more... It's more on a corporate level or to a leadership type dynamic. That doesn't mean we don't do personal words. Now, to come back to your question, that's all context for... Uh, the prophet may find themselves called to a different metron. So some, they are a prophet within their local church, and that's it. Some might be a prophet to the, the workplace where they, they work. Some, it might be to a sector of society. So banking or business 
or the arts or media or politics or something like that. Some it's to a geographical location. So it might be to their town or their city or their county or their nation, or then even beyond that to the nations of the earth. And so you have to know your metron. And so you're quite right. When I'm in the councils of the prophets um, or the summits, um, people are bringing different things from their different streams of the body of Christ. Also, their different areas um, and their different metron of influence. And what we find then is uh, it's this beautiful thing that the, the, the word of God also says in 1 Corinthians that we prophesy in part. So people bring their different parts of the thousand piece jigsaw puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And what we hear is... Uh, the different words rather than them being conflicting is they start to bring a greater level of the fullness of the counsel of God. Just as if we read one book of the Bible, we're only getting a measure of the counsel of God rather Mm -hmm. than the fullness. So that's kind of what it's like for me when I sit in these different councils. Mm. No, it's really, that's, that's a really interesting take on it. Um, And I, I, I wouldn't be, I guess I'm sort of, I'm not disappointed and I'm, I, without realizing I had the expectation that you probably would have gone there in your mind, trying to think out about where you stand on each one of those different tiers. Um, I'm, I, I still think it's really helpful to have it explained out because for those who don't, for those who only see the operation of a prophetic person, um, they, they see the, the, uh, the public face of it, whether it's you're delivering something over a video or over a microphone or something. Um, they're, almost certainly not thinking about the multiple layers um, or where, where you could be operating. I'm operating in a local church basis here. I'm operating at a, you know, a national level here. Um, so I think it's really helpful. How, how would you, um, I mean, I, I'm, I haven't asked you yet what you feel the prophets are saying about the current times, but even before you got into the specifics of that, how would you encourage people who right now are probably getting more input than they've ever got before just because of the scrolling and what's out there. How does the average, you know, average in inverted commas, the average beloved favorite of God um, navigate through the different prophetic things that are coming? Are there any, any, any tools, any kind of steps, any sort of um, helpful sort of uh, strategies you can give people of just like to, I guess to help them not be overwhelmed by the flood of prophetic stuff that may be coming. What, what would you say to, to people in our church and in the movement about that? Yeah, I think it's a very, very good question. Um, and one that's really important. I would say that number one, get rooted more and more rooted in the scriptures. Mm. Because the more of the word of God that we know, the more we're able to reference what we're hearing from other people against that for ourselves. Uh, Number two, I would say be praying and asking God to upgrade the gift of discernment on the inside of you. Good. Number three, I would be asking God to show you where your filters are, particularly your theological, denominational and political filters. 
and your cultural filters because mm. there are many things that prophets might say that grate on us and we have to understand why they grate why they make us uncomfortable why we don't like it why we think they're wrong or why we think they're right why we love this prophet why we don't love that prophet and normally it's because of the cultural theological political filters that we have and so the more we can become aware of those biases the greater the ability we're going to have to be able to hear god clearly through mm. what is being said so i would say get deeper into the scriptures ask god to upgrade your gift of discernment ask god to show you your filters um and then what i would do be doing is i would be listening to some of the prophets who are or the apostles who are collating words right now so for instance there is even uh, tonight i don't know when this is going out but today is wednesday the 8th of april but tonight their uh, destiny image the uh, publishing house are doing larry live... sparks sorry larry sparks yeah larry sparks they're gathering together a bunch of different prophets and apostles to speak into the season so that includes um i haven't actually got the, inv- the the advertisement up here but it includes a lot of people that we would love and respect but they are very different types of voice mm. so some of them are coming with a a, a very pastoral perspective and some of them are coming with a very very strong and very sharp prophetic sword and so for some of us who are from a very much father heart perspective we might find the ones who are carrying a very sharp prophetic sword that might be a challenge to us to hear whereas those who are from a very charismatic kind of father heart perspective that will be much more familiar and more comfortable for us but we need to be mature enough to recognize that both are part of what god is mm-hmm. saying at the moment so i think it's really interesting that one of the things i heard um Emma Stark say recently an amazing prophet from Scotland she said you know it is so important that we recognize that Bill Johnson has been raised up for such an hour as this and what has been his message for the past 20 years the goodness of god over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again god is good god is good why because the bride of christ needed to know for such a time as this that god is good i know i'm slightly jumping ahead but at the same time some of the prophets are bringing messages and prophetic words that are a real wake up call and challenge to the body of christ they're not challenging the goodness of god but they are challenging some of the positions that we've been in so i would encourage people who are listening to this please don't throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. and please don't throw something out just because it really is a struggle for you to reconcile it um bring that struggle before the lord talk about it with other people uh, but do so in a non-judgmental non-critical way that says i am not god god is god and there are other people in the body of christ who are receiving things that i am not and paul is very clear on this saying you know we're not all an eye we're not all a foot we're not all of this we need the full counsel of god and heidi baker has been preaching this for years you know and someone that we in catch the fire adore is heidi baker but mm. she's said for so many years i can do nothing on my own and there's that old and tom i think even quoted it on sunday um 
you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And I think that is what God is really highlighting in this season is the desperate need for us to listen and pay mature, careful attention to what is being said by disparate members of the body of Christ in different parts of the world. Mm. No, that's, that's so deep, Rob. I, I love that. Um, I, I think the, I think for, for me, when I, when I, when I look at these things, I, I often sort of find myself thinking very, um, in a very summarizing sense, you know, I kind of like what, what's going on in the body here? What are these guys saying? What are these guys doing? Where, you know, is that person, is that group going down the rabbit hole? Is this one pretending that everything's fine or everything's, you know, terrible. Um, and I, I, I felt for, for a long while we had RT Kendall with us, um, number of years ago and, um, at a conference and he sort of, I, I'm going to use the word, I say he spanked us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, saying, you know, that the renewal, the next, the revival, the next move of God is going to come through uh, the spirit and the truth. It's going to come through the word and the spirit it has to be both. Um, and it's been something that's kind of been stirring more and more in, in myself recently. Um, and I, I had a little kind of whack on that from God the other day, because I saw a great little verse in Philippians, um, in Philippians 2, where it says God's working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. I'm like, yes, God's working in me. He gives me both the motivation and the power to do what pleases him. That's amazing. Come on, God, increase it. Little <laughs> took me a little bit longer to look at the verse before that talks about working out my salvation with fear and trembling. So when I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling, he gives me the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And the Christendom could be divided into which one of those verses you feel like is the most priority one. Well, the intimacy with God, everything flows from that. Or actually when we live in holy fear of the Lord, everything comes from that. And I, I, I do see it as a marrying between the two. Um, but I, 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 I think the message that, you know, that Emma was saying about Bill Johnson, about the goodness of God, it's, I don't know how I personally would be able to receive the words that come from a prophet who's wielding their sword right now. Had I not got that rooting of, I really do believe God is good because I think it would probably offend me to the degree that I couldn't receive anything from that, that leader or that movement that endorsed that leader. Um, because it does have the old covenant, old prophet connotations to it. Yeah. You know? and, and well, and, and there's an interesting, there's, there's several interesting points to make on that. I think we all need to be a little bit more robust mm. in the way that we, can I, can I put it as bluntly as this? I think we need to grow up. I was recently in a room where someone was teaching something that I had never heard before and it started to rattle my cages. And this person said, I can see that what I'm saying is rattling your cages to the room. And, and then they followed it with this phrase. And this was a closed group. Okay, this was not an open thing. This was a group of mature people who are really pressing into the things of God who are there to be challenged and pushed and stretched. And yet this person said this, what you are discovering as I'm teaching is, is how biblically illiterate and spiritually dull you are. Ouch. And I was like, and everyone in that room looked at each other and we had your response, ouch, but we all agreed. Mm -hmm. And it was so true. 
biblically illiterate and spiritually dull. And, and I would say that one of the things that God is doing in this season is waking us up to how spiritually dull we in the wider body of Christ have been and how biblically illiterate we have been and how we have pigeonholed God to fit our cozy theologies of comfort. Mm. And we have wanted a God who cuddles us, but not a God who disciplines us. And we have wanted God's discipline to look a particular way rather than saying you're sovereign. I'm not, and you can choose how you do it. Now, uh, it's really interesting. Dr. Sharon Stone said something recently, which I thought was tremendous. Um, she said, if we have a view of God and the devil where we, anytime we feel comfortable, we believe that's God blessing us. And anytime we feel uncomfortable, we believe that's the devil persecuting us. Then we have a wrong view of both God and the devil. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the devil will let us feel comfortable in order to let us be complacent and God will make us feel very uncomfortable in order to bring a discipline and a sharpening to us and to move us into the new thing. And sometimes we don't want to move into the new thing because we've got comfortable where we are. Mm. And anyone who's ever had a new job knows what it's like to hit the ground in a new environment and know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I can come on to more of it, but one of the prophetic words that was released at the beginning of last, actually in 2018 and in the beginning of last year was new means new and new is the new normal. And here's the thing, Dr. Sharon released this word as well, which was, I would rather, God said to her, would you rather be an expert in the old or an amateur in the new? Mm. And where we are right now in the body of Christ, everyone feels like an amateur. Mm. even to the extent that we're like, how do we do online church? Most people don't have the faintest clue. Unless your elevation, you know, or some of the, actually there are churches that have only existed online and have come about in the last one to two years and they were way ahead of the curve prophetically mm. as to where God was going. And so I think there's a thing about us being okay with being uncomfortable and uncomfortable with who God is revealing himself to be. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I feel, um, I've had this phrase in my head for a while, growing things, healthy things grow and growing things change. And we like healthy growth, but we kind of resist change unless it's the, the exact form of change that we would have pre prescribed beforehand. Like, I only want to change in the following ways. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's very, that's very true. Um, that we could go so many different directions in this one. And I would, I would love to keep talking in more depth about this, but maybe I could just shift just a, a moment to where that just on the prophetic from what you've received about this season. Cause I know um, about a year ago, you had a uh, very strong prophetic uh, vision about seeing London and the UK covered in fog and you had a, an interpretation at the time that I know that sort of since kind of going through um, a really a, a really transparent or authentic um, kind of uh, revisiting of that word and I was I really honor you for because you know um, that you know it's uh, it's it's like a pastor kind of getting up and saying hey that thing I taught and let me teach it again but in a different way um, do you want to just, could you just talk us through a little bit about kind of maybe, maybe the, what you see the word, what you received and how you, how you see that unfolding now and kind of maybe how it fits into the wider prophetic um, words that are being released that you're aware of? 
Yeah, and thanks so much, Ali. I think it goes into this whole thing that we're all learning and growing. And some of the ways that we, we learn best is through our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, that is, is interesting with for prophets and, and any time we prophesy, we are opening ourselves selves wide open to be entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, That's reassuring. You know, yeah, it's reassuring. And, and it's one of the things that it's prophets. Patricia Bootsman has a wonderful teaching called the prophet's life tested by fire. And one of the things we as prophets have to die to is some of those things I mentioned earlier, our, our political persuasion, our cultural dynamic, all that kind of thing, but also our right to determine what we think a word means. Mm. And we have a responsibility to give the word as God has given it to us and not allow our thought process to influence the interpretation of that word. And dying to that is a very difficult thing for the prophet, mm. especially within uh, 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 the charismatic father heart movement where we want all of our words to be lovely, encouraging, warm, cuddly <laughs> words. And honestly, which prophet doesn't want that to be the case? We all do. And so last year, actually it was the 30th of December that I re- uh, 2018 that I released the prophetic word first publicly. Um, at Dr. Sharon asked me to release it in her 30th of December New Year meeting. And I didn't know I was going to do that. She just called me up randomly. <clears throat> I'd just gone along to hear her word, which was, you know, I was like, I want to hear what the foremost prophet in the United Kingdom and Europe has to say about uh, what the coming year. And she wanted to hear what I had to say, which was really nerve wracking. And I said, well, I see freezing fog covering the nation in March and into April. And I see the transport systems grinding to a halt i see a spike in crime in april and then in the end of april into may i see that see the weather changing the fog lifting uh, a, a sudden drop in crime and uh, everything shifting into may and then everything beautiful by june hallelujah i thought this was literal and i thought it was for 2019 And I remember speaking to Dr. Sharon last July and going, I I feel like I'm a false prophet. I released that word publicly. You put it on YouTube and I, I just feel like a complete fraud. And she's just amazing. She just, her, her mentoring of me is just so gentle and firm, but loving all at the same time. And, 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 and she didn't even contradict the word then. She, she stood by the word. She stood by me on the phone and she was like, I felt it was a true word of God. And I was like, but it hasn't happened. I said, the nearest thing is I've watched the news. And this was when we were in deadlock in Westminster mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Prime Minister Theresa May at the time could not get her Brexit bill through Parliament. And one of the BBC news reporters said, it's like freezing fog here in Westminster. We can't see a way forward and everything's stuck. It's gridlock. And I was like, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. And I thought that was the fulfillment of it. Now, here's the thing. Prophetic words have multiple layers and multiple meanings. And I believe that was one of them. But Mm. I didn't see Corona coming. I did not see this virus coming. And now it has become clear. And there are other prophets who've had prophetic words ahead of time that they didn't understand the meaning of. But now it seems clear that it was the Lord speaking about this season. And so my 
hope is I'm clinging on to it because obviously we now know that we're in shutdown, we're in lockdown. There has been uh, a few weeks ago, I was online doing an Insta live. I did one with Matsy. I did another one where I saw uh, an increase in domestic violence. I saw civil unrest breaking out. And so we were praying online for those things. And those things are now starting to be reported. So it's kind of, it's, it's not that we like those things coming to pass, but it's encouraging prophetically. But at Ooh, the same time, cool. what I, I, I said to the Lord was, when I got the fog thing wrong in terms of the timing, was it led me into a deep place with the Lord of saying, God, what do you need to do on the inside of me that I would be more accurate in my interpretation and wow. hearing you more clearly? And, it, you know, prophets prophesy. Uh, we really do prophesy in the fear of the Lord. We are really terrified by the words that we release. Um, it is it is a fearful thing to release a lot of the prophetic words that we release. We don't do so lightly and we don't do so arrogantly, but we do have to do so confidently and say, this is what God is saying. And then when we get it wrong, like you said, we, we need to come publicly and say, well, this bit I got right, this bit I got wrong. And so I got the timing of this wrong for the main part of this word by a whole year. And, you know, so I came online, like you said, and I was like, guys, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm really sorry that I was wrong. But the person I was repenting to most of all was the Lord and saying, God, what is it that you need to do on the inside of me to get me to that point where I don't make a mistake with a prophetic word by a year? <laughs> you know? And where I'm able. And here's the thing that's really interesting. I know we'll come on to what the other prophets are saying. But yes, Chuck Pierce released a word about a plague in September at Rosh Hashanah. But no one saw the fullness of this. No one. No one saw the fullness of this uh, plague. No one saw the fullness of that it was a, a virus. We knew that the prophets were saying things about China. They were saying about things about other, but that no one had managed to piece it all together. And so I think for us as a prophetic community worldwide, the question is, oh God, what do you need to do in us to be able to release the fullness of these kinds of prophetic words? Mm. No, that's... I think to come to a word that I did release at the beginning of this year at the British, actually I released it in November at the British Arts Council of Prophets for 2020 was a word that I believe we're actually seeing manifesting before our eyes, the beginnings of it anyway, which is the Lord says I'm drawing lines in the sand and breaking down walls. And I knew that was to do with denominational lines, but the lines in the sand were to do with uh, lines uh, to do with purity and moral issues and all that kind of stuff. But also I believe that God was saying to us, I'm fed up of the divisions in the church. And it's only the prophets actually are, you'd expect them to be ahead of the curve in one sense, but in terms of forming these councils of people from different streams to connect and say, we must have this. One of the things that's notable is we don't have a national council of apostles. We don't have one really in America. We don't have the closest thing we have to it is the uh, revival alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, but even in the midst of that, not everyone in that is an apostle. Some of them are prophets. Some of them are pastor teachers. Yes, there are apostles, Bill and Che being the foremost mm -hmm. of those. Randy, you know, being a healing evangelist and, you know, just like amazing, amazing group of people. But where are the councils of prophets? Uh, sorry, of apostles. And it's like, because we need the different jigsaw oh. pieces 
puzzle that they're bringing. And so what we're seeing in the prophets is this breaking down of the walls. The prophets that I hang out with really don't care about denominational lines. They really don't. I'm shocked to find that out. (laughs) Yeah. What we care about is what's God saying and how do we bring those pieces together. But what we've realized is we need even greater level of collaboration. And that is a word over the nations at the moment is collaboration. And we're now seeing it uh, with churches going online and people now going, you know what, I'm not just going to listen to what my church is saying on a Sunday. I'm going to, I'm going to listen across the board. And that is a healthy and wonderful thing. Um, And um, yeah, so that was the word I had last year. And so I'm praying that um, what I saw in terms of the weather beginning to clear towards the end of April and into May is true. Um, and do you want me to go with what some of the other prophets have said about that? Well, what, what I, I would love to hear, and I, I want to, um, I wonder whether actually we, we try and book in a second conversation um, sure. where we go over, the, hear those, uh, I don't want to rush them um, for the sake of having a bite-sized podcast. Um, but let me, maybe, maybe just let me kind of, um, wrap it wrap it up with this as you as as you are right now on this day and you consider that word and you consider obviously a lot of the words that you know we haven't had a chance to chat um where do you what 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 are your prayers what are your um what are your conversations with god like right now because the prophet obviously releases the word and then people have a choice about what they do with the word but having been in those rooms and having said these words that you've, you know, you feel the Lord has given you for this time. What do you then do with that as the prophet once the call is over and the mic is handed back and so on and so forth? Maybe you could just speak yeah. into that just as we, as we land. I normally sit in my chair and shake. And, and that is true. And I feel very emotional as I say that because I feel the weight of it. I feel the weight of the responsibility. I feel the awesome privilege. Mm. I feel a level of disbelief that God would choose me. Um, You know, it's like when Mary says to Gabriel, who am I, the handmaiden, Mm. my Lord. When Moses says to God, you've got the wrong person here. Um, when Jonah runs away from the word of the Lord because he knows it will come to pass Mm. and because he knows the righteousness and the goodness of God. And yet he's conflicted on the inside of him. I think prophets carry within them this, the, the fear of the Lord, this, uh, they're constantly wrestling with who am I, that you should be mindful of me that they live in Psalm eight, they live in the prophets. But I think we also live in, like I said earlier with the, the recognition, the vulnerability of every time I open my mouth, I am opening myself wide open to the criticism of others, to the, uh, to the fact that I could be entirely wrong. And yet I still have to deliver this word with, absolute certainty and confidence when I do it so that I don't rob it of its weight and authority. But I also need to then go into the secret place with the Lord and say, Father, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? Will you deal with my heart? Mm. And I think one of the things that, that for me in this season is God, let me not waste a minute of this season that we're in right now. And 
I, I really believe, you know, the, the prophets are not the most pastoral people in the world, but they <laughs> do love and they love deeply. Yeah. And they love, they love God more than anything else. They love truth. They, they have a very strong bent towards righteousness and justice, mm. but they also have a very, very strong protective instinct towards the body of Christ. Very strong. Um, and their prayer and my prayer always is, oh God, let us release the words that will bring the bride of Christ to the fullness of her. Uh, you know, you're coming back for a pure spotless bride. Mm. And so I think in this season, our humanity and the compassion that the prophets walk in is, oh God, please let this be over as soon as possible. And yet the other part of us, and this will be probably for part two of the podcast will be, but God, do not let it be over until you have done everything that you need to do in us through it for us to come out the other end, mm. who you need us to be for the next season. And there's a, there's a very high potential of a, a loneliness in that integrity there. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I think it's I think there's a lot of things that you've said, regardless of the current global circumstances right now, that just it's really helpful for profit for, for people who observe or if I can say use profits, um, to hear some of these things because um knowing what the what goes on in the heart of a prophet as uh, somebody who is pursuing this journey i think we all know we all have our sort of anecdotal jokes and laughs about certain biblical prophets and how they are all sort of scary strange looking unusual people um but we have a wariness sometimes about the prophetic but we also you know if i can be blunt sometimes want to put a coin in the machine and get our word out the bottom um and i think it's really it, it, I guess what I'm saying is it kind of humanizes in a way many of the things you've said have just, I, I just am really appreciative of, of you being kind of authentic, transparent and, um, and being vulnerable as well. Um, I think it's, it's hugely helpful. And, and I, I guess sort of the, the level of burden um, that a prophet can carry is perhaps something that a lot of people in the pews don't, and for the most part, won't consider um, what goes on behind the scenes. So I just want to really thank you and honour you for for that. And I do hope we can get another a part two in pretty soon. Um, I've got interviewing your good friend Steve Teb next on oh. the the intimate worshippers' response to what's happening now. So I'm just going to work through everybody I know in my phone book. Yeah. Uh, but um, Rob, do you think you could? Uh, any final thoughts and then could you just pray as you feel led uh, for us one thing just to say you know thank you for your kind words i think you know we it's a privilege um but no prophet chooses it no prophet chooses to be a prophet and i think we may paul tells us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts he doesn't say eagerly desire to be a prophet mm. and i don't know any prophet who has ever chosen to be a prophet because God makes the choice and you don't have the choice. And if people knew they would never choose it. Mm. Um, because I don't want to sound like a victim because it's a huge privilege. And I, I, I just, like I said, I, I'm just always like, why me God? This is just, this is the most astounding privilege. But what I would say to people is, you know, pray for us 
please pray for us. Um, but also, um, you know, do please keep eagerly desiring the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And don't be afraid to, you know, very few people come and give the prophets a prophetic word. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's because people are afraid that their words will be judged. But, you know, most of my life in the prophetic is not spent giving personal words. Most of my life in the prophetic is spent hearing God for nations, for leaders, for businesses, for politicians, for all that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not personal prophecy. And the prophetic words that I do receive tend to be from other prophets um, because they're not scared to give it. But let, let me just say that doesn't mean that those of us who are prophets need any less the gift of prophecy, the words of edification, exhortation and comfort, any less than anyone else. And so I would say, don't be afraid to give us those encouraging words. Just as I would say, don't be afraid to go up to Stu and Chloe or Ali or Tom or Abby or Kamiko or Ed um, and, and tell them that you love them, that you're praying for them. Is there anything you can do to support them? Because mm. Ali, I remember a conversation you and I once had where you said to me, I hope you don't mind me saying this. You said, there are some days where I feel like all I do is get things wrong and upset people. <laughs> and you know, that stuck with me. And it, it really stuck with me because I was just like, you know, leadership can be a lonely place. Mm. And I think for people who are in the congregation of the church, yes, lead, a leader's role is number one to serve is to get low and lift others up. That is the number one role. Um, I love in the Anglican church that when a vicar takes their uh, priesting vows, that their two primary responsibilities are to pray for the flock and to teach the word of God. That's it. Then the two roles in canon law are to spend time in prayer with God himself and then to teach the Bible and administer the Eucharist. That's it, the sacraments. Uh, but I, I just want to encourage people, encourage your leaders, encourage student club, encourage the leaders of our church, find ways to bless them, find ways to feed back to them everything that you, you're loving that they're doing. Don't just complain to them that they got the th their theology wrong in this talk or that they didn't call you when they needed you to, or that you didn't, uh, they, didn't, they didn't say hello to you in the way that you needed them to, or that they didn't know the ins and outs of everything that's going on in your life. Um, Yes, there are elements of that which are part of their role, but, but, but I would just say, does eagerly desire the gift of prophecy that you might encourage those in leadership around about you? Please, please, as well as your neighbours, your friends, your family, all that, yes, do it as well, but, but reach out and lift up leaders, especially at this time as they are trying to do their level best to hear what God is saying and be everything that you need them to be in this season. Mm. Um, uh, because I can tell you this, that their hearts are towards God and towards the flock right now. Uh, and so I just want to honor you, Ali. I want to honor Stu and Chloe and Tom and Abby and Ed and Kiki and all the rest of our amazing leaders and, you know, Matt and Kate who are, uh, you know, doing their level best to work out what it means to do worship online in this season. Oh, smashing it right now. Exactly. And Dan with all of the logistics and mm. Tanya with all the media, media stuff with Anton, you know, this is, uh, you know, I'm not saying this because uh, I'm, I'm saying feel sorry for them. Far from it. It's not about feeling sorry. It's about 
honor where honor is due. And as they're supporting you guys who might be listening to this right now, who maybe have lost your jobs or who maybe are finding yourselves in financial difficulty or in, or in hospital, even as you, you listen to this or family members have died, all this kind of stuff, in order for them to do that, they need you to be praying for them and to encourage them as well. And so I just, you know, and prophets, we're not on our own. It's a myth that the prophets were on their own. They were always part of a company and they were always part of uh, a wider group. And, you know, I'm not on my own. I'm part of this family. I'm part of different connections and families uh, in the wider body of Christ. So all I'm saying is we need the fullness of the body to be the body in this season. So, yeah, bless you. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. And yeah, I won't add anything to that other than to say thank you. And we all we all need prayer um, and leaders leaders need it they carry a heavy burden and uh, I'm not even the top of the pile of this organization and I I know that people above me are carrying a heavier burden than I am so yeah hundred percent Rob would you this has been brilliant I've really I've really enjoyed talking to you as I always do but <laughs> like rarely, rarely it being recorded <laughs> um, buddy would you pray for us just as we as we close Father God, right now, wherever you are, I welcome you to come by your Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And Jesus, if ever we needed to know who you are, it is right now. And Jesus, we want to know you in the fullness of who you are, not in our narrow cultural or theological or denominational uh, boundaries, but we want to know you in fullness. We want you to challenge and shape and shake us, Father God, in every way that you want to in this season. And Father God, I pray again the prayer I've been praying over this season, and and, and I just encourage you, if you're feeling brave, to pray it with me. Uh, Father, do whatever you need to do in me to do whatever you want to do through me when we come out of this into the new season. Mm. And Father God, I thank you that we're coming out of this into a season that we have never experienced, God, that nothing is going to be the same when we come out of this. This is not going back to normal. There is no going back. There is no going back to normal. And Father God, just as Dr. Sh- you said to Dr. Sharon, God, I would rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old in this season, oh God. So Father God, would you give us the courage to be vulnerable? Would you give us the courage to to, to not know, would you give us the courage to be vulnerable before you and say, God, I will walk on the water in this season, even though I don't understand it. God, I will trust you. Would you give us, oh God, the courage to let go of the illusion of control in this season, oh God, and simply abandon ourselves to you. Take us deeper into the secret place, oh God. Let us not fight you and let us not fight the discomfort that we feel in this season, but embrace it. And oh God, as we feel that discomfort, would you bring up on the inside of us everything that you want to deal with god show it to us expose it to us put our eyes that we may see oh god so father god i bless your body i bless the bride in this season i bless her to hear your voice and everyone who listens to this podcast oh god give them courage give them strength give them grace let them know your goodness and your uh, completely irrepressible joy even in the midst of everything that's going on so father god i thank you uh, for for this i thank you thank you for our local church but also the wider body and god we say receive the fullness of glory in this season and we say we're excited and 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 full of anticipation for what you will do in jesus precious name amen amen thanks man that was awesome thank you well god is awesome
that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that's good when only God is good? All right, I'm gonna mute you now. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna press the record button. Anton, we are done.